Welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Well, hello there, and thank you for joining us on this podcast. I know you're busy many, many things in your life with family and friends and work and school. Or, and so perhaps you're really busy with your congregation, and that's, that's a good thing. I would really encourage you, please, check out uh, our webpage. We are no longer on Facebook. We were put in jail, and I think we're permanently in jail. So anyway, that's okay. God takes care of all that stuff. So please uh, check out the website. Be sure to tell others about us. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, good versus evil, this uh, reality of, of the supernatural. Uh, I know we talk a lot about uh, this in the church throughout the years. I don't know if I've talked a lot about this in the uh, podcast, but uh, grab a Bible and follow along. Something uh, I think is, is very important, but we don't really uh, hear much how it works to acquire this, this thought and idea of obtaining the mindset of Christ. Uh, people talk a lot about it, but oftentimes they, they don't really uh, discuss how we can really acquire this type of a mindset. First, in order really to acquire this mindset, we have to understand that there are lots of challenges all around us in, in acquiring a mindset, uh, whether that's a, a mindset uh, right before a ball game, you know, the players, you know, they, they get themselves all fired up and focused and how they're going to do their game plan type of thing. Uh, this mindset, maybe for some of us, uh, get up in the morning, drink coffee, whatever, trying to get awake and, and get the energy to go go to work. You know, you just feel like an old plow horse and uh, where you're just constantly uh, being whipped and, and told what to do and, and which way to go and how to do it. And, and that's part of a job. I get all that. But, uh, but there's still a mindset that we have to get into and we have to have a positive mindset, you know, go to work, go to school, whatever, that you're going to have a good day, you're going to learn something, you're going to uh, do it like you're doing it for the Lord. And so I think most of us uh, kind of forget that idea that uh, in order to win people over, have this mindset that you are a Christian, perhaps you've told people that you're a Christian, uh, but your words and actions uh, speak very much differently. You know, I, I catch that at work all the time, listening to people uh, brag about their religious-type beliefs, and I would never know it uh, by watching their, their lifestyle. You know, Jesus would, would say, a tree is known by its fruit. That's, turn with me here real quickly. Uh, Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 6. Verses 43 through 45. And this is Jesus talking, New King James Version. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its fruit. 
And he goes on to talk here in verse 45. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. You know, somebody's going to tell me, oh, preacher, you're judging and you're not supposed to be judging. No, that's not, that's not what I'm doing. Uh, in the in the context that you're trying to imply, I'm simply saying, hey, look, Jesus says I can look at you. You're, you know, obviously by this verse, he's talking about people. I can look at you and say, oh, there is a man who has a good heart. There is a woman who has a good heart. Look how they live their lives, how they talk, act, so on. But at the same time, the opposite is also true, where I can look at you and say, ah. Oh, you're claiming to be uh, a Christian, but yet, uh, I guess I'll believe my lying ears type thing. And so, we have to have this mindset. And this is really the first uh, a challenge, in, is we get into these delusions that and deceptions that the devil will throw at us. He's always, you know, trying to trick us. I, and I think one of the terms that we use sometimes, we call him the trickster, right? He's always trying to trick you. And so that's what the devil does. He never comes straight out uh, and declares himself as evil because nobody's going to want anything to do with it. Uh, most of us, if in the right set of mind, say, why would I want to do anything like that? So he's got to trick us into thinking that we're worshiping correctly, we're living our life correctly, uh, and it's always sugar-coated. You know, we all, especially in America, we really love sweets, right? That's why we have so many people who are, are diabetic now. We love sugar. We love that sweet taste. And so that's what he does. He sugarcoats everything. But once you kind of look that sugar off and you kind of get down to the core of it, it's too late. Uh, the issue's been exposed. You've, you've opened up uh, your can of worms. So we need to have a leap of faith here. And, and leap of faith is something which is, really goes beyond the reasoning of our own mind. Jesus says that, you know, faith is like a mustard seed. Uh, it's this little dinky seed, and this little dinky seed can move mountains. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. It says, Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, rest assured, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move, and nothing would be impossible for you. Now, I don't believe that Jesus is saying we can walk up to Pike's Peak or Mount Everest or whatever and say, hey, move over there. I don't think he's talking about a physical mountain. I think he's talking about the mountains in our spiritual life, those sin that are just always hanging there in front of us. And we just we don't pray about it. We, we, just, we don't have faith that we can remove it. And so, again, this is how we find the progress of spirituality, I believe, in becoming a, a man of God or a woman of God. And, 
and how to acquire the grace of the Holy Spirit. You know, finding this mindset and fighting it that the devil is always throwing at us. Jesus says there are so many challenges in trying to acquire all this that we must, we must understand that we are dealing with an enemy who is always trying to affect us, and we should not uh, concentrate on the enemy. We should be concentrating on the Savior, Jesus himself. Uh, We should know that uh, our enemy is very uh, clever. He he has two kinds of people that he works with at the crucifixion, even with Jesus. So the people, while Jesus is hanging on the cross there, being crucified, there was a thief on the right and a thief on the left. And they can represent, I believe, all of humanity. For, for everybody in this life is going to go through some type of a, a crucifixion sooner or, or later. And how are we going to re- react to all of this? The thief on the left obviously did not acquire the mindset of Christ. Um, the thief on the right uh, was open to acquiring this mindset of Jesus. And he does so in the last moments of his life. You see, uh, and the thief on the right was a sincere person, uh, but the one on the left was not. So somebody has to have the ability uh, to reflect on their life, be able to see uh, that he was guilty of what he is being crucified for, uh, and the person on the left uh, doesn't see it that way. And so in our lives, we, we need to, to see the reality uh, that we are sinners and that we could be punished for our sins if we do not repent and ask uh, Jesus for forgiveness and, and, and truly repent. Because the person on the on the life on the left, excuse me, he's lived his whole life as a delusion, uh, and he really doesn't want to own up to his problems. Even at the last moment, he knows he he's dying. He's not coming off the cross. Rome does not let people down until you're dead. Okay, uh, and so for those people who uh, like to think that Jesus faked his death, he swooned or whatever, no, it, Rome's not going to allow that. They're going to make sure you're dead. Have uh, you been sentenced to death by execution on a cross? So, and the problem, I think, with some folks is even at the last moment, uh, they live some kind of a fantasy life, thinking, I can live how I want to live, do what I want to do, say what I want to say, and as my last breath, I'll, uh, I'll ask for forgiveness. Well, you may not get that chance for that last breath. Uh, your heart might be so hard against God it wouldn't matter what is thrown at you. You're just going to ignore it. It's just a fantasy moment. This man on the cross, on the on the you know the left side, I don't know that he realizes uh, that what kind of a world really awaits him in in the afterlife. The thief on the right, because of his his pain, because of his tribulation and and this crucifixion that he's going through. He comes to know who Jesus really is because he's right there beside him. And obviously he's being crucified together with Jesus. 
And although Jesus was hanging there with this thief on the right and one on the left, it's not able to to receive this. Uh, it's a hard issue. I'm searching for the right words here. You know, he he know obviously. I think everybody knows who Jesus is by this time. Uh, these two men, they they know who he is, and you can tell that by the conversations that are that are going on. And so, somebody would say, you know, they use a thief on the cross to to justify lots of things. And maybe you're going to think that with, with my statement. Uh, you can live up to the life you want to live. You can be a terrible person and at the last minute repent and go to heaven. Well, and do it without even being baptized. Let's just take it even a step further. First of all, you can't prove one way or the other, save your life or my life, that this man was not baptized at some point in his life. Maybe he was baptized by John the Baptist. Maybe he was baptized... Uh, by one of the apostles. Uh, and yet, here he is. He commits a sin. Um, obviously, he's a thief, and he's being executed for being a thief. But he still has this repentive heart. And so, that's the whole point. You have to be willing to have this repentive heart. Somebody, I, I think it's just, really truly not tried their best uh, to understand the scriptures and allow the Holy Spirit to lead them in their lives. I believe the Holy Spirit leads you to the baptistry. I believe that the Holy Spirit leads you to repentance. Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, is so... Some people within Christianity are so scared to talk about the Holy Spirit and His role. And listeners, He's been doing His role for a long, long, long time. Long before you and I ever entered this world and long after we probably leave this world. He's pretty good at it. And he knows what he's doing. And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit to, to work in other people's lives. And that could be, you know, hardening somebody's heart. I mean, I think of Pharaoh uh, and Egypt and all the plagues. I mean, he had every opportunity, I believe, to repent. But at some point, uh, Pharaoh lost. And God says, I'm going to harden your heart. If you don't want me, you're going to reject me. You're going to ignore me. Uh, that's fine. It's your privilege. And now you'll suffer the consequences. And that's really what Egypt went up doing. And so back to this, Christ is, is the redemption of all of us. He's the redemption of, of all mankind. Through the cross, the whole world has the opportunity to take the desperate moment, take the delusion out of the picture, and see that Jesus is the only way to eternal life. I think part of this delusion that the world has, the trickster does, uh, is, well, all roads lead to heaven. It doesn't matter how you worship, who you worship, when you worship, all that. Uh, it doesn't matter because God loves you, and in the end, it'll be okay. Well, that's, that's a lie. That's, that's just simply not true. Uh, there's really, uh, 
one way to worship, and that's in spirit and truth. Uh, there's really only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. And, you know, there's going to be a day and time that perhaps we will not be able to say that out loud publicly uh, across the broadcast without the fear of going to prison or execution or uh, stripped of everything that we own and thrown to the streets, to the dogs type thing. I, but it won't change the truth. Here's, that, that's the whole fact of the matter. It will not change the truth. The governments uh, can pr make people not say things. Uh, they can put you into hiding. You know, a lot of people in the first century in the persecution uh, of the church with Rome, some people really did go into hiding. It doesn't necessarily mean that they were cowardly. Uh, they just they just went and hid. And if everybody would have hid... Uh, the, the message was able to continue from one generation to the next. If everybody was out in the open and was being fed to the lions, I don't know if Christianity, uh, how well it would have carried to the next generation, to the next nation type of idea. I believe the message would have got out one way or the other. But just because somebody uh, is living... Uh, kind of under, under the... Under the uh, the curtain type thing they're they're hiding um, from the government or their neighbor family. You know, we have listeners, some family members uh, would not approve of them listening to this podcast. And that doesn't make them wrong. It just, they're just really doing what they believe is correct at the time. And it's, let's leave all that to God. Let's not be judging that. I think we really all need to have self-reflection. We need to, to reflect our lives using the Word of God through prayer and study and, and, and worship and so on. Because if you do that, the Holy Spirit will reflect your life back. He's going to let you know what kind of a life you're really living. And we need to understand we all have problems in our life. Just like this man on the cross. I mean, uh, they all had their problems. They, they both were, uh, were thieves. And, you know, they kind of mock Jesus at the beginning. They both do. But by the time this conversation is over, uh, one has repented. Uh, one is asked to be saved uh, from eternal punishment. And the other one, only thing he wants to be saved from is uh, his execution. But you see, that's, that's the delusion. That's the deception. It is really a, a foolish, really, and really a stupid moment that here you are hanging on the cross. It's moments where uh, you're going to decide where uh, eternity you want to really stand in. We, we have that same reality in our life. You know, years can go by and we can go on and on in our life thinking that we're just doing okay and not understand that salvation and the call into judgment could happen in the next few minutes. You may not even be able to finish this podcast. You may not live to be 100 years old. And yet, we live this delusion that everything is always okay. And the reality is, 
God has everything in hand. We just need to go to his hand and, and ask for his grace. We need to ask for his forgiveness, just like this man on the cross did. And, you know, we can, we can find that God gives us many examples throughout uh, the Bible. Uh, delusions are pretty serious. Delusion is how uh, people feel. Uh, they're not following uh, the commandments that Christ is giving them. You know, and the Bible does. God says, you want, you want this delusion? You want to believe this lie? Fine, I'll let you. And, and, and read with me here. 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, starting in verse 10. And with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Verse 11, and for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Verse 12 that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had the pleasures in unrighteousness. So, again, I think the Apostle Paul is very, very clear that if, you, if you're going to bite into these delusions, uh, eventually those delusions uh, will overtake you. You know, there's an old saying I remember uh, growing up, you are what you eat, so eat healthy. You know that type of thing, and that that actually has a a spiritual implication to it as well. How are you going to know what is true? How are you going to know what is righteousness? And uh, to be honest about it, there's a lot of folks out there who claim they have all these answers, but they they never open a Bible. I, I mean, I think it is. Joe Olstein, I don't know how many times I've watched him over the years, and he just really never really opens his Bible. He just, he reminds me of a used car salesman. That's exactly what he reminds me of. And so, be careful with that. That's just why I, I really stress continually to open your Bible and follow along in this podcast. This is why I continually encourage you to read your Bibles on a continually basis. And, and I know some of us are so busy. Uh, some people are actually having to work two and three jobs, and mom and dad are, are both working two jobs, and they're trying to keep the kids in line and trying to provide for them and uh, pull a school sporting, you know, type activities with the kids. And, you know, life on earth is hard. I know I say that a lot, but it's true. It's somewhere along the way we just got to uh, take the time and listen to God's Word. We need to open the book and read it. Or, you know, I listen a lot to, to my audio Bible. It's playing over and over again in the background uh, in the house here, uh, on the way to work, whatever I need to do. And it's amazing how I, I could be uh, laying in bed, listening to uh, the audio Bible. And I'll think, wow, I don't remember hearing that before. Or it'll give me uh, a podcast idea or a sermon idea or a Bible study idea that I just really hadn't thought of before. 
And the more, you know, I read and study and listen to the, the God's Word, the, the more I realize what's really wrong in my life. And it's, it's all my fault. It's not God's fault. I'm allowing myself to be sucked into a worldly thought process, uh, allow the delusions uh, to come around. And the way, as I matured as a Christian, and understand, I can hear something. I could hear somebody say, well, the Bible says, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't remember ever reading that. I don't remember ever studying that. Uh, you know, and you, you question or you challenge the person and say, hey, uh, where's that at? I don't remember. You know, tell me where I can find it. I want to read that. And 98 point whatever percent, they can't tell you. They'll just say, well, it's in there. Well... Those are yellow flashing red lights, you know, in my back of my mind. And so, but if I know that it's wrong to curse God's name, for example, uh, how do I know that? Because the Bible tells, tells me that. You know, uh, it's very clear. My lifestyles, uh, work ethics, church ethics, I mean, whatever, it's all there in the Bible. And the more we study it and read it and truly get to know it, the more we realize and understand uh, we really truly need God's grace. We really truly need his help. Uh, we cannot uh, fight Satan on our own. The only one that really truly has the power to, to completely cast Satan out is, is God. Yes, we can uh, pray and ask God to remove uh, the sin, absolutely. Uh, and God will help redo that. And so, you know, this delusion that where you're following Christ, but we're not really following his commandments. Uh, having this unrepentive heart, uh, blaming everybody else in my life for my problems and my sins. Uh, fantasies be become deceptions and delusions in our life as well. You know, God, Jesus enters into this town of, of a possessed person. And, you know, what's he do? He casts that demon out. And that's what we need to do. We have sin that's possessing our life. We need to ask God to, to cast it out. Uh, society, I think, is just dazzled uh, by the light of Christ. Unbelievers, uh, they're, they're always counting on their own reasoning, uh, justifications. But the Christian believer knows there's no justification for sin. Only God can remove you from that. You, and what I mean is by justification for sin is I can justify why I'm doing that sin. And God says, no, uh, there is no excuse, there is no reason for that. Why do we sin? You've heard me say this before if you've been listening. Because we like it. I mean, honestly, I, I don't do anything uh, other than pay taxes that I don't like. Uh, I don't like going to work, but i got to go to work. But those things in my life, my personal life, that bring me happiness, pleasure, uh, relaxation, those are things that I allow. And I reason through my life to say, oh, that's okay. Nobody's looking. 
And that's just not true. You know, I kind of alluded at the beginning of this podcast about uh, the supernatural and that we don't talk a lot about it. And it, this is an actual event that uh, that took place that I that I recognized at the time as uh, being uh, somebody really could be possessed. <laughs> it was really kind of scary. And, you know, it's in the, uh, I won't say how exactly where, it's just in the southwestern part of the United States. And there was nobody home when I was talking to this person. Oh, they, I mean, somebody was talking to me. Uh, their eyes were, you know, just glossed over. Uh, their voice was really strange sounding. And I now, honestly, before this time, I never believed anybody could ever be possessed. And I really kind of changed my mind since. They, to listen to this person, and they really, they knew who I was, uh, not necessarily on a personal level. but And I really had never met this person before. But they knew that I was there to, to knock some doors and, and try to have a Bible study with some people. And they did everything in the world this person did to keep me from knocking on that door, standing in my way. Uh, it was just really weird. And so um, to watch illegal activity in broad daylight in a park, uh, prostitutes uh, servicing their johns right in front of children, uh, listeners, I'm telling you, it is a scary scary world and those people can be saved if they would turn to God and I always hoped and prayed that I would always have that opportunity uh, to tell them and of course um, they uh, most people don't uh, have surrendered their life either to sin or to righteousness and you know, not to tell, sound totally weird to a lot of people, but, you know, there's, there's just some realities out there that uh, some people have just never really truly uh, experienced. And so we, we really need the Spirit of, of God in us. We need the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We need the, the Spirit of God protecting us. We truly need it. And there is a, a world of unseen things that you and I don't necessarily see. Do I believe there's demons running around? Sure. I mean, the Bible says they're real. Uh, fallen angels. Okay. They are uh, they're around. And we should never want to entertain them. Uh, we should never uh, allow them... Uh, to give uh, an inch in our lives. You know, I remember a, a television commercial years ago, um, and I think this is kind of fitting. This, these people were inspecting this big dam, and they're down at the base of this dam, and they're looking, and they see a little, little, little crack in water is kind of dripping out of it. And the guy's got some bubble gum in his mouth and so he just sticks it over the crack and the water kind of stops dripping and they think oh good and when they walk off uh, the dam collapses and this is kind of what we do in our spiritual life we we have a little crack and we don't 
think, well, that's not real important. And next thing you know, that crack is a huge gap in our spiritual life. And there's only one way that we're going to fill that gap and close that off, and that's through the power and the grace of God. We, we truly need God. We need to imitate God uh, in our lives. We need to speak as though we are truly Christians. Uh, we need to understand what comes out of our mouth is really what's in our heart. What are we putting in our heart? You know, is it the Word of God? Is it, is it prayer to God? Is it uh, communion with uh, one another as Christians and encouraging one another as Christians? What is really in our heart does come out, and it can be exposed to anyone who really wants to look. And so... Uh, we need to, to keep the commandments of God. We need to obey those. Uh, we need to be studying with a group of Christians that really uh, study the Bible from Genesis 1 to the last word in the, in the Bible, which is amen, by the way, in the book of Revelation. And so, so many people, they, they just study what their denomination wants them to study, uh, they have their favorite chapter or verse, and that's all they talk about, their favorite subject. And there's nothing wrong with having favorite subjects, uh, favorite verses, nothing wrong with any of those things. But to get the whole complete picture of God, uh, to be able to uh, take on the armor of God, that's what we need to be doing. So read with me here as uh, we conclude. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities and the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, verse 13, Put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Verse 16. In addition, take all of this. Take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. The Apostle Paul makes it really clear, this, this idea with this in mind. Having this mindset of knowing the realities of good and evil. To know that the devil does not like you. He does not love you in any way, shape, or form. 
And he's going to do everything he can to destroy those who want to be faithful to God. Put on that full armor. Stand up against the devil's schemes. And know that God does care and love you. I want to thank you for listening today. I certainly hope that you will tell others about us. And I hope always that God would bless you, keep you safe, and that he would always have the glory. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may He have the glory.